Welcome back to the Security Conversations podcast. My guest this week is Marsha Sadova, co-founder of Elevate Security. Uh, Marsha, tell me briefly what is Elevate and what are the problems you guys are, are, are attempting to solve? Thanks for having me today, Ryan. Uh, so Elevate is a product that focuses on security behavior change for employees of companies. And what we set out to do is create a platform that can measure, motivate, and enable employees of companies to uh, behave more securely and create behaviors in those employees that can prevent breaches. And we're really excited because the product is focused on a lot on uh, a backbone of behavioral science. And we aim to bring in a lot of data analytics to empower security teams to run their security awareness programs more effectively. What is your background, Masha? Um, it's really fascinating to me. Usually, talk to people in the security industry and find out that people came from all walks of life and either stumbled onto security, found a love for it somehow. How did you get in here? So I was one of the few early people who knew I wanted to do security at a very early age. I started with a traditional um, education background in CS, and along the way, I found a program. Um, that focused entirely on cybersecurity education, um, even though you couldn't actually get a degree in it. So I really, my first initial interest was actually in computer forensics. Mm -hmm. And so I did some work uh, with law enforcement. And then uh, that kind of started me getting really interested around the human element of security. Like if I were a bad guy, where would I hide these files? Um, that evolved to uh, more work in uh, for working for defense contracting world, and uh, I come from a Russian background, so um, the ability to speak Russian and love uh, security issues gave me some really interesting portfolio items to look at. Um, but all along the way, I've always been interested in security, and my love for the human intersection of security um, evolved along the way. Did you go to school there in Russia or here? No, no, I moved to the U.S. Uh, in 1990, so my entire education has been here in the U.S. Right, and you mentioned uh, uh, degrees weren't available at the time. I, I, uh, whenever I travel to conferences or I'm, I'm networking in the hallways, I always get a, uh, you know, college students uh, approaching <coughs> me trying to figure out how do I get into security. Um, and, you know, there's this ongoing discussion around women in security and encouraging girls to uh, meddle with STEM um, did you find it, and I don't want to belabor this whole women in security thing, uh, but did you find uh, there were challenges to being a woman uh, breaking into this industry and working your way up to the point where now where you're, you know, you're running your own company? Um, I suspect there might have been challenges, but I don't know any other perspective other than my own. <laughs> right. So... So I just, you know, I knew I, this is what I've always wanted to do. So I just, for lack of a better word, I did it, right? Uh, of course, I was the only woman in many of my classes, but um, you get over that fact pretty quickly uh, because that's kind of the reality of it. The thing that I really loved about security um, was I like the constant challenge of it. Like there's a good guy and a bad guy and you can help work for the good guys and defend against this ongoing greater threat. But I actually think that we as security professionals are not doing a great job at branding security because in, as professionals, we do <laughs> immense... What do you mean by branding security? Branding, yeah. So, let me, let me, so, so if you ask like a, someone on the street or particularly like a group of women, right, what do you think of security? They'll probably think it's 
you know, um, a whole bunch of guys in hoodies in the basement trying to defend against hackers, and that feels totally inaccessible. But if you rethink about security as the opportunity to empower and help people defend themselves, help organizations stand up to attackers, the opportunity to influence and and provide support for millions of people potentially in uh, protecting its identity, theft, and and financial loss, and really being able to um, enable people to safely be online, that is a really um, interesting call to action. And um, for anybody, women, men, and especially um, new, the new generation coming out of college, the idea of being able to do, to do good in the world is a really valuable work prospect and how they decide going into what companies they are choosing what companies they go into. And so I feel like security absolutely checks all those boxes. Uh, it just needs a new brand, a new image, um, so that people can understand that that's yeah, actually the type of work. Get away from the hacker in a black hoodie in, mm-hmm. sitting in a basement. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I don't want to turn this into an HR discussion or HR podcast, but uh, there are, by some estimates, I've been reading a bunch of research reports around uh, available jobs in cybersecurity. It's mm-hmm. 1.5, maybe up to 2 million available jobs, and companies are struggling uh, to pinpoint the right people to hire or their whole approaches to hiring uh, folks in security. I'm sure you're dealing with the same thing uh, mm-hmm. with a startup trying to find the right people. And at the same time, you have uh, uh, people wanting to break into security just don't know where to start. And it just seems like it, it, the irony is is there's a massive workforce out there looking to get in and there's an industry desperate for people. And for some reason, we're not building that bridge. Yeah. Uh, when you when you approach mm-hmm. hiring, are you looking for security folks? Are you looking outside the box and looking for engineers in other places that can make that crossover into security easily? And how do you measure that? How do you, you know, help build that bridge? Mm-hmm. So I think um, we hire intelligent people who can learn first, <laughs> uh, and obviously there are some baseline skill sets that you need. Uh, for the work that we're doing right now, we don't require a security background, just an interest in it. Um, when I was working as a security awareness, security culture practitioner for Salesforce in my previous role, um, a lot of the people that I hired didn't come from a security background. They were lawyers. Um, some of them happened to be psychologists or community managers. Uh, they really understood how to work with people, and I taught them security. And I think that's absolutely Um, something that we need more of in the industry. We have tried to solve a lot of these problems using technical expertise, especially the human element. Uh, And security people aren't necessarily people people. So when we bring in expertise from other places and other industries like psychology, advertising, marketing, um, you you name it, then we start being able to use those skill sets and apply it to the security problem uh, and I think we as an industry would benefit immensely from it. But we absolutely do need to be better about onboarding people because there's no clear ramp around how to get started with security. What I personally would love to see is something like, you know, code academies or like the hacking schools that teach uh, people how, or, or dev boot camps that teach people right. how to develop. I'd love to see the equivalent of that in security. So you spent three months hands-on every day, and when you get out, you are, you know, a um, entry-level security person that's ready to go. At Elevate, you guys are building a platform for enterprises, big businesses to use uh, uh, 
around security awareness, security education in the organization. I'm going to play devil's advocate and come from the other side of the coin and bring the argument to the table that uh, security training over the years, the, let's say the last 10 to 15 years, uh, has not worked and has largely been a waste of money. Uh, am I completely wrong? Uh you're not. <laughs> I will. Uh, that's just, which is why we aren't doing security training. We're right. doing security behavior change. And, uh, and okay, can, can you dig a little deeper? Let me, let me explain. That, right? Yeah, yeah. So the core question that you're trying to answer is, what do I want my people to do differently tomorrow than they do today? And why aren't they doing that? It is possible that they don't know and that they need to have the education to do it. And in that case, training absolutely is the right answer. But we have no shortage of appropriate trainings. Um, the thing is, behavior change has a couple other components. If people don't care, motivation is one aspect of it, then they're not going to do that behavior. If the behavior is too difficult to do, they're not going to do it no matter how much they know. As an example of this, many, many people know all the um, right steps around what it takes to create a secure password, and they know that they shouldn't reuse it across sites, and yet... We do. We do it at scale. And so thinking about what it would take to actually get people to um, drive that change in their behavior is a question that I'm really interested in. So training does work as long as you know what outcome you're expecting and you can see that the training that you've developed actually starts measuring, you can measure the impact on that behavior. So um the other thing that I want to talk about is whether or not you call it security training or security awareness or security behavior change, there is a large school of security practitioners who say the human will always be the weakest link. Why bother investing? Uh, and what I want to say specifically to those people is if you work for an organization where you don't empower your employees to report suspicious activities, to reduce the number of user-generated incidents, you aren't fighting with everything you have. You might have really great technology, you might have really great processes, but if your employees are not part of your defense, you are not using everything you have against the attackers and you are more likely to be targeted than uh, an organization that has security-empowered employees. And so I'm not saying that a security-minded employee is a silver bullet, right, that they'll solve for everything because the reality is someone will always click. But the right. other the, half, the, the, yeah, the, the, if you dig deeper into it, people have to click. You have to click on attachments to get work done. Mm -hmm. um, the you know we're 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 following and tracking all these sophisticated attacks across the DNC and you know open the newspaper every day. There's a new breach. These breaches aren't happening because technology is failing us. They're happening because people are clicking on things. And people tell you, well, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to click on this resume coming into HR. I'm supposed to click on a on a, uh, a spreadsheet that appears to come from my CEO. Uh, hackers will tell you, uh, attackers, guys doing penetration testing, social engineering testing will tell you it's incredibly easy and almost, uh, you know, 100% success rate at getting people to click on stuff. Mm -hmm. when, when, you, when you talk about uh, behavior change, it's not be careful what you click on. It is what? Well, it is be careful what you click on, but the second half of it is when you realize you've made a mistake, report it. Uh, and driving reporting um, is as critical as driving uh, down click-through rates. 
And because in your example, if it takes one person to click, as red teams well known, imagine if you're a red team and one person reports your custom developed malware to the security team. You know, game over on on that piece of custom malware that you spent a long time developing, and now the the blue team has information about your techniques. So if you can get your employees to be part of your basically a human intrusion detection system, uh, like I said, people might click on it, but they might also alert security professionals um, to look in the places that they need to be looking and sort through the noise and say, I got an email that is a little bit weird. I clicked on it. I gave up my credentials. But I'm, upon reflection, I don't know that I should have. But that's, that's an assumption that they can get there. Or that's yeah. the behavior change you're trying to trigger. Yep. Uh, where, where people, even if you click and you're owned or you make the mistake, the, the behavior, the, the ingrained behavior, and it comes with training, right? It, it, doesn't it all go back to this training and awareness that, that, that is um, well, so controversial? Yeah, I, you can call it, I, I guess it's <laughs> semantics. Um, if you know to report and it, it's super easy to report and you trust your security team to not blame you or shame you uh, for when you do report a mistake, I, you make, you know, maybe that whole branch calls training. I call that uh, behavior change because I'm, I'm getting you to do something differently than you did before. Um, and whether or not you sit through an animated PowerPoint to get there or whether or not someone, someone has a conversation with you or maybe you always knew how to do it. Uh, as long as you're doing it, as long as that behavior is happening and I can recognize that you are, like that's that's the outcome. That's the outcome we're getting to. You would agree with me that uh, uh, just usability and comfort at getting work done is the biggest enemy of security. I mean, people know, and, and you make the point in your Enigma talk, uh, the useness Enigma conference that you just spoke at, uh, that knowing isn't enough. People know that using uh, uh, simple passwords uh, uh, that... that is is a security <coughs> weak link. People know that reusing password across platforms is a major weak link. People still do it. So just having this knowledge, uh, and I think this is where the argument that security awareness training has largely been a waste of money, is that this knowledge isn't enough. And, and, and your argument is we need to move beyond uh, just these checkbox training things, just sending videos and have people forcing people to look at videos and posters and newsletters and all this stuff and changing the behavior components to add motivation. And, and I want to dig into this motivation thing. Give me some examples of, you know, when you talk to clients and you talk to uh, people investing in your platform, what are some of these uh, realistic motivations that you can give people? What, and what have you seen working and perhaps not working as well as you think through this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so just a little bit of background on this. If you want someone to do something differently, um, if it's really hard to do, that person has to have really high motivation to do it. If something's really easy to do, they don't really have to be motivated to do that. So where possible, you should first try to make something easy to do. And my example here is, you know, instead of remembering a unique password for all your sites, use a password manager, like make it easy, right? So I don't have to be motivated to remember to generate secure passwords all the time. Um, so that's one of my examples. Uh, also, automate patching instead of making it manual. Make it easy. <laughs> uh, if you can't, for whatever reason. So you're, uh, you're, you're arguing about taking a lot of this, the decisions out of the hands of the, the employee or the end user. Like um, turn to technology I, to fix it? 
mm-hmm. to fix or, some of these or, things. Yeah, or help or use technology to help the end user. Yeah, instead, yeah, don't put it all on them. And I think technology has a huge role here. And I would never use awareness or training when technology can solve the problem because it takes a lot of energy to get someone to do something differently. So if you can <laughs> install 2FA across your organization, do that instead of teaching people about never giving out your passwords because one will have uh, one will be easier for a person to do uh, from a, a long-term perspective. Right, and I, I completely agree with you. And it, it, it's really sad that the technology is already there. Two-factor mm-hmm. authentication is there in multiple flavors. Duo is doing great on, on putting it on smartphones. There's the Yubico mm-hmm. and some of the other guys using uh, tokens. The technology is there. Password managers within the browser is already there <coughs> allow you to create, you know, uh, uh, difficult to guess passwords and not reuse passwords and so on. The technology is already there. And in a lot of companies, they're already implemented. It's It's really driving it down to employees to embrace it and, and making yeah. it mandatory in certain cases. Yeah. And I think in many of the cases, uh, security training, security awareness people can absolutely help here, especially if they come from a background of like advertising and marketing. Uh, I would much rather spend my my time getting people to adopt that feature instead of teaching them about secure passwords practices. Because I don't care how you get to an outcome, as long as you do that outcome, as long as your account is secure, like I don't, I may not need to know, I, I may not need you to know everything about password strength as long as your accounts are protected. Um, so yeah, I, 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 think, I think we really should push technology where it exists as the appropriate solution. But there are cases where the technology doesn't exist Correct. or the te- and technology. Where, mm-hmm. And this is where you're arguing that you need to use uh, you, you motivation. Need motivation. And, yeah. and I, and I want to dig di- deeper into this because you say hard yeah. things require high motivation. Hard motivation, yeah. And so what I mean by high motivation. So um, I can't motivate anybody to care about something that they don't already care about. And uh, there's a couple of basic human things that we all care about. You know, this is achievement and being recognized and being valued and having sense of accomplishment, um, striving for things that we see as pleasurable. But if I can connect security to those things, um, I might want to start doing security where I haven't before. So the place we're coming from right now in security is we're very good at punishing people when they don't do the right thing. So I'm going to send you a phishing test, and if you click on it, you're going to go through this mandatory training. Uh, right. And, and, and I will and shaming, taking shaming, this name yeah. shaming approach, right? Yeah, but what do we do when someone has a phishing test, they don't click on it, and they report it to the security team? We say, thanks, you passed the test, right? And that's, that's uh, the best that an employee can do is not fail. And of course, they have a negative association with security. Of course, it seems like a burden. Of course, it's something they want to avoid. It is. So, I worked for a security company for the last 10 years, and we did this mandatory training things where you looked at a video and then take a test afterwards. And, mm-hmm. you know, in many cases, you didn't even know if you passed or you failed. You just you just kind of took the test, and they'd send you back to look at the portion of the video where maybe you failed to answer that question correctly, and there was no... It was a pain in the ass to deal with. Sorry. And do you remember anything that you learned on that training? Uh, I remembered having to sit and watch videos yeah. that I hated. 
Yeah. So, so audio visual content has about 15% retention. And even that seems high. <laughs> even though um, they made it mandatory because like yeah. you couldn't even get to the questions until you finished it and you couldn't fast forward. So they were, it, it became just, it became burdensome and there was no, they, they, they took the fun out of it one. And I agree with you where they took the motivation out of it where you didn't see if you, uh, you know, there wasn't a leaderboard, there was nothing, there was, there was no, competitiveness attached to it and 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 I, I i sense that's the argument you're making yeah so uh yeah if you can make you secure fun can be one element of it reward and recognition can absolutely be another when someone does something that you ask them to do and they do it correctly send a thank you to them see seeing their manager have a leaderboard give out a parking spot to your first reporter of a of a hard fishing attack for example but Take time to acknowledge when people do the right thing because they're not hired to do security. You are. Correct. They're hired to be marketers and sales and developers. And click on and, things. And, and click on things and click on things. And so when they can work with you in partnership as you ask them to, like that, that should be something that, that is recognized. Of course, of course, there are liabilities to the company and if people repeatedly click then then there's places for you know punishment where you know because not everyone not everyone can get on this train but the majority of employees in my experience is somewhere between 80 to 90 percent of employees will absolutely be uh, on your side if you can motivate them to do it and motivation is a long conversation about how you do it you can have anything from Elements of competition. We're talking about achievement. Wait, don't you, don't go through it too fast because I think okay. this is the part of the conversation that that We're, that, okay. that, that uh, you know security guys in enterprises are really really struggling with user education. They're really really struggling with it. And if yeah. you can you know spend some time talking about like these leaderboards and these, give me give me some concrete things that yeah. people can actually really wrap their minds around figuring yeah. out how to implement. So. Um, Creating things like champion programs is a great opportunity for people to showcase their knowledge in front of their peers and say, you know, I am stepping up to represent security for this team. I, uh, in my experience, I found that to be really valuable for engineering orgs, where the thing that really motivates engineers um, at, a, at a really high level and stereotypically speaking is the ability to say, uh, look, I did this really cool thing and I want to show it off. Um, and, and being acknowledged for um, intelligence. So like top uh, performer awards, top performers, maybe put yeah. it in the kitchen on a big table, like just, just make Perfect. it as visible as possible so people get, yeah. feel a sense of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people in sales and executives really are driven by competition. Mm-hmm. So if I can post you know, the top um, most secure phishing reporting, uh, phishing um, click-through and reporting rates, mm-hmm. Uh, based on org or based on sales managers, uh, people will perform not necessarily because they care about securing the company, but because they care about winning. And like I said earlier, I don't care why you get there. I care that you're doing that behavior. Right. And um, then there's the so, other benefit of, of, of the people always on top the leaderboards becoming your champions and helping their coworkers yeah. or helping the ones across the cubicle from them, um, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would uh, note one piece of caution because you'll find that the same people are topping the leaderboards all the time. Right. So you'll need to find ways of engaging other, the you, other. How yeah. do you how do you embrace using them as champions and using mm-hmm. them as your uh, as your extended security team? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, finding ways where they can share your message and then recognizing them for it. So one of my favorite things that I've seen was um, instead of just a thank you, which you can do, you can offer when someone act, does something that you've done, uh, you've asked them to do for security, to have the security team write up a kudos on, on their LinkedIn page for being security minded developer, right? So um, have it be a skill builder uh, for somebody and maybe your champions can be recognized in that way. Uh, another way of looking at this, and we all hate going through compliance training, right? Uh, I've heard one organization do this great thing where they say, we, ha- we all have to do compliance every year. This is our security compliance training. For everyone who completes this training in the first week, we will donate a dollar to charity and the company will match it. And they got 70% of their company through in the first week. Wow. So um, being, again, we're only used to being punished if we go past the deadline, but thinking about opportunities of reward when you're doing the right, the, the thing that we're being asked to do uh, can really help change people's relationships to security. And the it's, reason, go ahead. Sorry, it seems so obvious. Why, why do we need to, 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 you know, why aren't more people doing this today? You know, I, I it think just it just seems some, like the logical thing, right? It does. It does. It's the way we uh, we train dogs, right? We instead of like, rubbing their noses in a pile of urine in the carpet and saying, you know, bad dog, we give them a treat every time they go outside, and, and the dog will just manage their own bladder <laughs> so that they can get a treat. treat correct. It, right? And I'm not saying that employees are dogs, right? Uh, by any means, but we've applied it to child raising and we've applied it to dog training. You know, why not security? And this kind of goes back to my earlier point where security people are excellent technical experts. We aren't people people. There are a lot of frameworks that have existed around engaging and enabling people uh, to change their behavior. We just haven't asked for any of their opinions for, for anyone to come in and say, can you help us with security? Because as a profession, um, I would say we tend to be pretty arrogant. So you couldn't possibly understand the difficulty of the security mountain I have to climb. And my users are all stupid in the weakest link and the problem between the, the keyboard the and the chair. And, the chair and, the whole, user, yeah. right? and and of course no one wants to play with us in the sandbox. Like that's that's not a great place because no one wants to be told they, they're stupid, right? And that's so, a great point. I heard a Chris Eng did a talk about like, he did a whole presentation on, on, on his pet peeves in the industry. And he's, ma- he's made that argument over and over. Like, okay, you're the security guy. You're the techie guy. Uh, you cannot just shame everyone in the organization for clicking on stuff because it, it, it's such an ego thing uh, that needs to change as well from the top. Yeah. Uh, to drive, yeah. to drive this, this kind of motivation and to drive people to be energized about doing the right things. Yeah. So one of the very first products that we built at Elevate is designed entirely around motivation because this was something that I saw lack significantly in the industry. And what we designed was a group-based discussion where people get together with their teammates and talk about the things that they have um, that are of interest to different hackers, uh, how they would attack each other, and they did get to actually design an attack against each other. And it's designed in such a way where you ask each other about, you know, have you ever been part of a breach? What was that like? Have you ever seen a phishing attack? Can you share what that experience is? And I think it's really important to acknowledge that many of our users actually have some experience in this and being able to um, draw on their experiences so that they can teach each other 
a finance person who has gone through a W-2 attack or a business email compromise attack uh, can share the emotion of what it was like around facing maybe potentially the shame or the impact of having to respond to it uh, and can share it with their peers and that becomes so much more alive uh, and so much more tangible than any flat story that says, be careful of emails that ask you to transfer money, right? Like it's, we need to be able to connect something that is much more emotional and leveraging stories is uh, a really great way to do that. Is this something you've already built into the platform, this? Uh, mm -hmm. uh, the group-based game, yeah. It's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a game called Hacker's Mind and um, we, we just launched it in November. And what has been the feedback? People love it. People really love it. I, uh, we just had a session last week where a, gr a group of um, the legal department of, of one of our customers clapped at the end of their session, which uh, I have never been in a training where people have clapped at the end of it. Uh, people, uh, I've never been in a training where I didn't get off and want to poke toothpick yeah. in my eyes. Yeah, that's that's a lot of things that we hear too. Like, can you give me something that won't make my employees' eyes bleed? I really, I don't want to roll it out like that. I don't, I don't want to subject them to that. And absolutely, yeah, and and that's that's why I left my work as a practitioner to become a vendor because I really wanted to create something that um, respected people's time and intelligence and knowledge. And I was just tired of not seeing anything on the market like that. I agree. I'm, 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 I'm pretty excited for what you guys are doing. Um, I think uh, I, I'm in the camp where security training has not worked, has largely been a waste of money. Uh, people have to click on things and telling them not to click on things is not a wise approach. So anything that looks to, you know, just upend whatever the status quo is, um, you know, I'll be rooting for you guys. Where, where can we find you? Give me like a Twitter handle. Yeah. Where can people follow your work? Yeah, so we're on Twitter at hello elevate, hello underscore elevate. We're also on LinkedIn, and our um, website is elevatesecurity.com. Thank you very much, Marsha. I'm rooting for you guys. Thank you so much for the time, Ryan. Really appreciate it.